Welcome to the Colander Medical Radio Show with Dr. Brian Colander, MD. Dr. Colander is a board-certified internal medicine physician who specializes in the assessment and treatment of artery disease. His medical practice is dedicated to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. This show is brought to you by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and we're going to be talking to Dr. Colander about his unique, personalized concierge practice and his plan for revolutionizing healthcare. His vision focuses on preventing the events that lead to all the catastrophic diseases of our time. Dr. Colander will explain to us about how and why we develop chronic systemic disease and the course we ought to take to prevent it. To find out more about how to avoid diabetes, Alzheimer's, heart attack and stroke, stay tuned and we'll be right back after this short break. Welcome to another edition of the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin. I'm here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. And he'll explain the simple tests that are available and necessary, which aid to the prevention of heart attack and stroke. Dr. Colander, welcome back to another one of your very informative shows. Before we get started, I'd just like to tell the listeners who are tuning in on your, this is your Sunday show, that you're also on live Thursday at seven o'clock. And if any listeners who are listening to the Sunday show have any questions, the show's live, you can call in and talk to Dr. Colander directly. We're the only ones that are doing it, so don't miss this chance. Anyway, over the break, we've been talking, just before we started the show, you were talking about self-care. What do you mean by self-care? Well, I spent a lot of time this morning with a patient talking about some anxiety that's being generated by, um, you know, some family issues. And this is someone that's been your patient for a while? Yeah. Okay. You know, an hour. And you spend an hour today. An hour today just talking, talking about, about non-medical things. Right. Okay. And, you know, so I thought about today, you just asked me, what are we talking about? I said, let's talk about self-care. And, you know, when you ask about self-care, you know, what does that mean? And to me, it means taking the time to make sure you're practicing a healthy lifestyle. You know, it means that you're eating healthy you're exercising, you're re- taking efforts to reduce stress in your life, you're giving yourself the time to go to bed and give yourself time to sleep. So lifestyle is a very important part of prevention, probably the most important part. And one of the things that you all know and you all say to yourself, which is, I know what to do, I just don't do it. And the, the question I would have to the audience is, what does that mean? If you know what to do to take care of yourself, why don't you? And I would say the crux of that answer, that is what self-care is. What's stopping you? What, you know, what, some people do it and some people don't. Why? If it's so self-evident to everybody that they all know what to do, but they don't do it, there's a resistance to self-care. And a lot of people have resistance to taking care of themselves. And understanding why that's happening in an individual person is what's important to help break through and change lifestyle and behaviors. Well, I think the problem is, I think that people like to say that they understand that they ought, ought to be doing better. 
but I truly believe they don't know what better is. And I think that um, for each individual out there, you need to follow a one-on-one -on -one because it's a one-on-one -on -one personalized situation. What is eating healthy to one person might not be to another, and they don't know where to start. Otherwise, all these people that are selling meals you know, over the television, over the internet, Sprinley and all the other people that are selling uh, quick-made meals that are supposed to help you lose weight or, or be healthy. I mean, that's kind of like a last-ditch effect. I mean, our last-ditch solution. People don't really know what they ought to be eating and they don't really know where to start with exercise. They don't have private coaches telling them where to start. So I, I just don't believe that everybody has a solution as to where to start. They need to have someone like you to be a shepherd. And I appreciate that. But also, again, there's reasons people don't engage. And again, it comes down to the phrase that people, that I used to hear all the time, I don't hear as much, which is, I know, and again, I think every one of the listeners, if they're not practicing healthy practices, they're not doing the things that they know to do to be healthy, what they tell their doctor in the two minutes that they're in front of them is, well, I know what to do. I'm just not doing it. I'm not doing it as well as I could be doing it. Why wouldn't you be? It's your health. And, and but wait, I'm going to stop you here. Do you believe that story when you hear it? I know what I'm supposed to be doing. I don't think anyone knows what they're supposed to be doing. I think they've got a rough idea that they ought to be doing better on the food they consume and how much exercise they should do or where they, where they should start. But I really don't think they have a, a, a crystallized plan. I think it's more complicated than that. It's, it is true that they don't know what to do. And who's going to tell them, by the way, just, just so that you know, their, their average doctor is not going to sit down and work with them and say, here's your meal plan. Here's what you ought to eat, not eat. Here's where you, uh, how much exercise you should do. Here's what kind of exercise you should do. Of course not. Well, that's my what, point. What's going to happen in two minutes or five minutes? You know, when they you, need to stretch it a little bit and make well, it half an hour. You Even spend I, an hour. You spend an hour with your patient. Well, at this kind of visit where I'm doing my physical, I've spent an hour and a half. And for a new patient, I might need two hours. Now, my patients have been with me for four years. It might be an hour um, because they're all on track and everything looks great. It's more about reinforcing positive behaviors and looking a little deeper into the future of what might be coming ahead so that we can head it off before it happens. But it takes a couple hours for someone who's new, who doesn't know the language that we speak, you know, I don't mean about English, but the, the prevention language, doesn't know the markers that we look at, doesn't understand the uh, imaging that we obtain. So it's really, they don't know any of those things. So it takes a lot of time but this is a patient I've had for, that we're talking about today, I've had for years, and she's very good at lifestyle, yet she still has some self-care issues that we had to address today. Okay, so let's come back after the break and talk about what that blockage was and how you overcame it. In the meantime, we're going to have to take a quick break. You are listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show. And if you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with a concierge personalized practice, Dr. Colander invites you to contact Colander Medical directly by calling 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin. 
I'm here talking with Dr. Brian Collander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Collander is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. He's also going to talk about his specialty and what's involved in being in a personalized practice. Dr. Collander, before we went to break, you were giving us an example of one of your patients you spent over an hour with, and you started the uh, segment by talking about self-care. Let's enlarge on what we were talking about. You know, you said it during break for a minute, which is no one has time to even think about these things, but that's what's great about my practice is that when I need to go there, I'm able to. And what I mean by where are we going, it's making sure that I am able to express to my patient the concepts that they may not understand why they have the feelings that they feel or take the actions that they take. And that the superficial reason in front of them, which makes sense, well, this person said this to me and this is why I feel this way, the real answer is there are some subconscious triggers going on and it doesn't matter who, they, who said and what they said, they triggered something in your subconscious that you do not fully understand created a response that's probably not appropriate to the trigger. That's all kind of deep psychological stuff, though it's not really medical. That's the other side of the coin. You know, as a physician, you're dealing with a lot of medical issues, but no doctors that I know of that are medical, uh, internal medicine or primary care physicians are ever crossing that bridge and going into talking about resistance or the subconscious or why you may need to have conflict resolution or any kind of resolution with your with, with, with problems? Well, I've not been afraid to share if you've been a regular. I mean, we haven't talked about this in a year because we're talking about COVID. But, you know, we've talked about this on the show before that I've had to, when I say had to, um, everyone that goes into therapy and I chose psychoanalysis um, has a personal crisis and maybe four years ago, I thought, okay, I'm in crisis. I'm going to go into analysis. And I'm not saying that all of you need psychoanalysis because, to be honest, there aren't enough psychoanalysis out there anymore. But it's a very intensive therapy where you're learning to understand how, my, how your brain works, how your, when I say subconscious works, it's the thoughts of your brain that aren't available to you. So when someone says something to me that triggers me and I have some reaction that's inappropriate, it has really nothing to do with what the person said. There's some web of, uh, of actions and thoughts that occur when are hit by that trigger that send me on a tailspin. And what trigger, you know, what crisis led me to seek help is, you know, I see the relationship with my kids kind of falling apart. And I said, well, I have other relationships in my life that should be better, that are not, and here I'm seeing it happen with my kids. I better go into therapy. What's interesting, Anne-Marie, is a lot of people in this area, I'm going to say this area, listening audience, have a, they see that their kids are having a problem. They send their kids to therapy. Really, the parent should go to therapy and learn how to be a better parent to understand what's going on in their brain because they're raising their kids. And that's what I tell my patients and friends, frankly, 
If you're having a problem with your kids, you go to therapy. You're their parent. You gotta learn how to parent. You gotta learn what's driving your decisions. But all of these thoughts have something to do with self-care. Because if you don't know under, or understand what, what makes you think or feel the way you do, well then that's, a, a, that's keeping you from taking care of yourself. And it reflects in the way that you eat, exercise, sleep, and the choices that you make. So are you talking about psychological barriers and resistance within the person's own psyche that holds them back? You got it. Yeah, I know. But I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you must be trained. <laughs> yeah, we, we, I, I know what we're talking about here, but... Um, but the audience doesn't. But how do you... I mean, the, the thing is with... And, and, you know, psychoanalysis, psychotherapy, most people don't know what the difference is. And they don't, they've never heard words like resistance and nobody's ever talking about it because this country is woefully underserved in addressing the issues of mental health. Always has been, still is in bad shape. So yes, the sophisticated Kanye Senti can wake up one day and say, well, I really need to stop and think about the way I act and the way I react and I'm going to get care for this. But your average person does not. So what's the average listener out there? You had a, an example of a patient that came in and what did you say to this patient after an hour that he or she should do? Well, at the end of the story, it's it's encouraging her to get therapy for dealing with some issues that have been she's been dealing with on her own. And how did she take that, by the way? Because most Americans would take it as an insult. She's not American. Oh, well, okay, that shut me up. Okay. <laughs> right. So um, but I, all my patients I, that I feel the need to uh, express this recommendation, they listen and listen well because we have a trust. You know, I didn't, they didn't, this woman didn't come in, talk to me for one minute, and I interrupted her and said, go to therapy. Mm -hmm. No. I heard her whole story, mm -hmm. and she started getting emotional because it's dredging up pain for her sure and you know we i mean and it wasn't until she was done telling me the story she could have talked for two hours i would have been standing there for two hours mm -hmm. hearing her story and then i have to let her realize that these feelings have nothing to do with the person that she thinks is generating it even though it makes perfect sense that it should be that way Someone did her wrong, and it hurt her, and she feel, and it makes her feel bad. Um, and to tell someone that really, it's not that anything could get her there, but it's it's some other behind the scenes, you know, behind the curtain web of, you know, I'm gonna, I don't want to call the subconscious, but it's your subconscious is a protection. That your that your mind makes to protect you from childhood trauma, Bait, we'll leave it at that. We're getting so, into right, Freud sorry, now. Too, too deep, but but that's your your that's your subconscious. So your subconscious is not always acting in your best interests, and that's where we get into self care. So if your subconscious is there to protect you from childhood trauma, sometimes that protective mechanism keeps you from being your best self. So let me before we before we run out of time in this segment, I want to ask you with this particular patient that you invested more than an hour of time and you moved from the medical model into the psychoanalytic or the psychological model, you were able to achieve catharsis 
So now after that point at which you got to catharsis, how, what, what's the advice you give when they walk out the door? Where do they go? It's not that easy to, you know, jump the bridge and get into therapy. And it certainly is horrific to try to find the right qualified, good match uh, psychotherapist. Well, that's a whole other show. You're well, right. I understand. You're, you're absolutely but right. What, okay, once the person recognizes that there's a blockage there and they have to do something about it, you know, you can find somebody to handle your diet and your exercise and be a coach for you. Very hard to go out the door knowing that, oh, wow, you know, I need to find somebody to handle my mental health. And where well, is that person? What my analyst told me is that 99% of referrals to a therapist of any kind go unheeded. And only 1% end up making the connection to find a therapist to help themselves. Why do you think that is? Um, it's probably resistance to care and which is you when know, you say resistance to care do you mean resistance to medical care or mental health care both in this case it's the same thing right because wh well i know what to do i just don't do it that's medical that's resistance to medical care lifestyle prescriptions are a medical prescription so look, just like you said in the beginning i don't tell everyone eat uh, eat more exercise you know eat less exercise more because that's white noise um, we do personalized recommendations. All right, let's come back and talk more about the personalized recommendations after the break. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show. If you're interested in finding out more about today's topic or why you ought to be engaging with a concierge practice, Dr. Colander invites you to contact Colander Medical directly by calling 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR. Welcome back to the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin. I'm here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. Dr. Collender will be explaining what you need to do to engage with a personalized primary care physician. Dr. Collender, we've been talking about a specific patient that you had and how you felt that you, in, you invested a lot of time in talking about their mental health rather than just following the medical model. It's very important. So tell us some more about resistance and how it ties into life today. Well... You know, Amory, so we talk about prevention, and I just want to kind of wrap up the what you started, the first part of your sentence, which is, it's my job, or I'll, let me just say, in order to achieve my goals, and my goal is that none of my patients have a heart attack or stroke. And I, and even though my, some of my, you know, one or two of my patients needed some revascularization procedure and they didn't have a heart attack or stroke, I personally look at that as a failure. <laughs> I have high standards. I don't right. want my patients under the knife for anything. So part of doing this means that I need to understand what a person is going through internally in a way that they may not understand that they're feeling. I get it now. I get it. It suddenly clicked in my brain. I get it. That if they have resistance, then they're going to be resistant to the suggestions that you give them about how to take care of themselves physically with eating with exercise so that they don't wind up being a cardiac or a diabetic or having a stroke type patient exactly and so i want to say my experience 
as a patient of psychoanalysis really led me down this path. Right. So I want to say the beginning of Did my... Did you know what resistance was before? No. Oh, see, that's no. a so, landmark statement. Right. So until I started analysis, that coincided with me becoming more attuned to the concepts of prevention. Uh, because even though I wasn't, I just was just beginning therapy at the time, it did open me up enough to say, okay, I've got to do better for me. And that leads to the practice doing better and me learning more and more about how do I get healthy. So um, in order for me to get people to move further down the path to practicing better habits, even though I'm not an analyst or a therapist and I have no psychological training, recognizing yeah, but where you kind they, of do, having gone through analysis, right. you get a lot of feedback from right. the analyst. No, right? you're, you're a pseudo-analyst. Right. So, but, so I'm able to recognize in the way people talk that they're experiencing a high level of resistance to self-care. So, you know, letting someone know that I hear that and how they're talking to me um, frees them up a little bit, hopefully to get help, you know, because they do need a professional. And, and then we get to the concept of who do they see? Good luck. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's not covered by insurance. And this is another example, a huge example, of how our government and our insurance system does not cover prevention. Right. Because if you can unleash, and I say the lid's off the can. You know, that's right. how I describe it. My restrictor plate's gone. Right. So this, I've just had a huge boost of, I'm going to say an explosion of creativity and, and you know, just, I want to say growth in the practice, growth in everything I do. And that's because of analysis. Right. And so it'd be great if everyone could experience full freedom to be the best person that they could be. And that's through analysis. And I, and I just share my experience, not the details, the gory details of my analysis, but this is where you could be and be the best. I'm not saying it's not a daily struggle. You know, it's a, the struggle's real. It's every day. But I think that one of the things that I come across a lot is people have no clue what the difference is between psychotherapy and psychoanalysis. Psychoanalysis is a deconstruction of the way you think and a rebuilding and a rewiring of the way you think. And it's also very long and tedious and, and many times and expensive. Never yeah. mind about expensive, yeah. but I mean, it's five days a week. And let's talk about the famous Woody Allen when he was asked about how his, how his psychoanalysis is coming. And he said, there's no end in sight. And he didn't have one. He had two psychoanalysts. But I mean, it is a lot of investment of time, energy and effort. But there are other options. Not everybody can go five days a week and lie on the couch. But there are other options to curing and handling resistance. They can go into therapy. And therapy, you can go once, twice a week. But at least it's, start, it's a start. It is. So, and it's a start. So um, you asked about, you know, how does this apply to today? And so today, you know, this show's airing on Sunday. And by the time you this show comes on, this is a much softer version of, I think, how we're going to express <laughs> you know what's you know this general topic on the previous Thursday show because the sensors are going to be working overtime. Um, you know I think that there's a degree of 
uh, resistance to self-care in people who are refusing the vaccine right now. Um, I'm, I'll say in general, I've been very sensitive to people not wanting to be vaccinated. They have a choice. But there's so much evidence now that the vaccines are safe and that the only people getting COVID from the Delta variant are not vaccinated. That's right. That's true. It's it was really, in the New York Times today. Yeah, You're right. It's really hard to look at someone who's still saying, I don't want to be vaccinated and, and for me to be that sympathetic. Mm-hmm. And now you still have a choice. Well, you don't understand. I get where resistance comes into this picture because the question you have is, what are you afraid of? Well, what are you afraid of? If you're, I mean, it's pretty evident. And it's it, if you just look at the numbers, the number of people that are being hospitalized, I think it was in the paper today that it's like 97% are people that have not been vaccinated. Well, but you can't ask someone with resistance what are you afraid of? Because it's a subconscious problem. It's subconscious. It's not in their awake consciousness. They're not aware of what's keeping them from doing that. No, you, but I guess as a medical doctor, you can diagnose the, the evidence of resistance, just like you can diagnose anything else. So as a medical doctor and someone who's been through analysis, you can spot resistance. And if you spot resistance, at least you can tell the patient that I'm seeing, you know, an exhibit of resistance here, and you ought to really seriously think of getting some therapy so that you can undercover the resistance. I'm going to amend your statement because you said as really? a medical doctor. <laughs> you are a and, medical yeah, doctor. No, but most medical doctors are not aware of the concept of resistance or the concepts of, you know, what keeps people from practicing good self-care, and they don't take the time to talk with someone to even get an idea that this is what they need to be thinking about. So um, it doesn't exist in medicine, you know, in this country, in this system where you're, you know, coming back to widgets, my favorite word now, you know, when you're on the manufacturing line waiting to have your five minutes with your doctor, and when the five minutes are up, he's gone and you're out, you know, you're through intake, outtake, and you're gone like a, you know, a tool down the line, Mm -hmm. well then, no one's talking about resistance and understanding why, or even trying to recognize that you might have an issue to talk about it. That's not happening anywhere. So no one can know the difference between analysis and therapy because the doctors don't know the difference between analysis and therapy. They're not even making the time to refer someone to a therapist. People do this on their own. It doesn't come up at all. And it's really shameful that the patient out there who's under the care, medical health care, however you want to say it, that the doctor is not saying or making that referral or making that diagnosis that there's something other than a medical problem here. This is a problem that needs to be addressed by a professional psychologist, psychiatrist, whatever, because... The resistance is causing a lot of problems. Well, I know what to do. I'm just not going to do it is the end of the conversation most of the time. Exactly. Let's pick this up at the other side of the break. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show. And if you're interested in finding out more about today's topics or why you should be engaging with a concierge practice, Dr. Colander invites you to contact Colander Medical directly by calling 866-COLANDER. Again, that number is 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. You're listening to the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR.
Welcome back to the Colander Medical Radio Show. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin. We're here talking with Dr. Brian Colander, MD, board certified in internal medicine and specialist in artery disease. Dr. Colander is here with us explaining his personalized concierge practice and the model of the relationship you ought to have with your primary care physician. Dr. Colander, let's come back. You, you've been talking, giving us examples of a patient who transferred over or she needed mental health care as opposed to or in conjunction with medical care. Let's pick this up. And what, what this is our last segment. What do patients need to know? Well, I think what they really need to know is the healthcare system is not going to help you with this kind of problem or even recognize you need this kind of attention. Right. Your doctor doesn't have time or the wherewithal to do it because they're checking boxes on their computer that the government has told them to check. And, and there's no boxes for mental health care? Is that what you're telling me? Well, the box is, did I make sure this person's not depressed? So there How are, are you supposed to know that? You're an internal medicine physician. Well, there's some boxes that go through some basic questions, and if you, depending on the score of those boxes, then you need attention or not. Just, just It's just like the same form that says whether or not you need a cholesterol medicine. There's a formula that identifies risk of a vascular event, and to this country, our American Heart Association, to, that formula is prevention. And it's working so well that every year, 650,000 people die of a heart attack yeah, every year. Yeah, it's not year. working at all. You're being sarcastic. Right. We know it's I not am. working. So, you know, boxes and checking boxes and, and creating scores, you know, everyone wants to quantify everything. And in my world, there's only a couple numbers that matter. And... Those are the numbers that identify your risk of having a heart attack or stroke. And the process that I use in the, my practice to reduce that event probably also reduces your chance of having other chronic illnesses like dementia or Parkinson's, although I can't prove that. But there's, you know, those are the numbers that matter to me, not some score to do scientific research on. Well, I mean, you're talking about medical models here for diseases which are catastrophic and which aren't moving along in this country because they're not doing, the insurance companies are not covering the tests which you're offering, but the insurance companies are not covering them in order to prevent heart attack and stroke. So the average patient just has to accept the fact that they need to have these tests and they're not very expensive. They don't take much time. They're simple, easy, and in the cost a few hundred dollars. The average patient is completely lost. You know, they only know this stuff because we're telling them. They're not going to hear it anywhere else. They're not going to hear that it's possible to prevent a heart attack or stroke or know how. Right. And, you know, if, if anyone listens on Thursday, we get calls all the time about people who did some of the things that we talk about like getting a calcium score, which is something you can do easily, but you may have to twist your doctor's arm to get the prescription to get it. And then when you do get it, it's pretty obvious the doctor has no idea what to do with his data and how to use it in a preventive way because they're not trained to do it. Exactly. They're not being paid to prevent. They're being paid to screen you for surgery. Right. 
screen you for a bypass, screen you for a stent. That's it. That to them, that's the idea of prevention. We had a doctor on the phone who does angioplasties of the brain, just to put it simply. Wow. Mm -hmm. You know, sounds great. Why does it have to get to that point? Like right. to that doctor, that was prevention. Mm -hmm. I'm like, needing a surgery, which is basically what it is, you know, when you're doing an angioplasty of your brain. Well, that's all that's, end stage disease. Right. That's pretty interventional. That's right. pretty in there. You already have the yeah. disease. And that's not prevention. That's like a, a, a Hail Mary. Thank right. God the guy's skilled at what he does and he can save a few people, but it doesn't have to even get there. Mm -hmm. How about I don't have any plaque and I'm not going to have a stroke and I don't need someone to save my life in the final minutes? Well, it can be done. I mean, it's available and out there. Right. And just before we run out of time, I just want to remind listeners that Dr. Colander is live Thursday nights at 7 o'clock, 7.05. We're on the air between 7.05 and 8. You're welcome to call in and we hope that you will because this is the only show where you can call in and talk to the doctor directly and ask your questions. So sorry for the interruption, but let's continue on for the next two minutes. What's the patient to do? Well, you're supposed to say that. Yeah, well, they have to get, <laughs> they have to find out that what they're, the road that they're on is wrong and that right. they find, they need to find a doctor that's going to spend time, that's going to dig deeper, that's going to lead them to take the tests that are necessary. It doesn't matter whether Blue Cross covers it or not. Well, it's your health. It's your health. That's and, right. And and, the, and this is the misnomer that's going on. And this is the misnomer that's going on with the FDA. The whole idea is that if it's covered by your insurance and it's FDA approved, then this is the right thing to do. And the reality is there's a lot of great things to do that are not covered by the FDA and not covered by your insurance. Right. I'm not saying what I do isn't FDA approved. Who gives a crap about the FDA? Right. You know, I mean, they won't approve... Anyway, that's that's for the live show. Right. The you know, the you need to be your own advocate and find your own way because it is not gonna happen in your cookie cutter, you know, machine factory doctor office where you're one of thirty five, forty people who just march through the office every day. It ain't gonna happen. So you gotta wake up and find someone who's working a little outside the system. So that means looking for a concierge type doctor. Um, so we define concierge as personalized care. Well, I'm personalized care. Not every concierge doctor is, but someone who's a little outside the system, who doesn't just take insurance reimbursement because if they need, they need, anyway, there's a fee for joining a concierge type practice. It gets you a little more time with the doctor. Gets you a lot more time. A lot more time. And hopefully it gets you some value. And that value means prevention. So you want to find someone who's spending their extra time that they have with their patients to do good by them and identify their risk of having chronic illness and life-threatening events earlier. And, and I, you know, I think the message has always been that we've talked about as long as you've been, been doing these radio shows is that the, the, the cardiac calcium scoring test is 125. It's simple, short, non-interventional. Non and it gives you a number. It gives you a starting point. The CIMT that you're doing is like $200 or $250. And it, it gives you a starting point. You get these numbers and you know where you stand. And then you at least have a chance 
of knowing that you can prevent being one of the 650,000 people that die every year of heart attack. Or the additional 800,000 of a heart attack who don't die. Right. And now you're at higher risk for dementia, heart failure, stroke, and another heart attack. So it's just not going to happen going to see your regular primary care doctor, your regular, even your cardiologist isn't going to do the extra things that need to be done to make sure that you're being followed closely with the right data. Having a, how many patients have a good cholesterol on medicines and have a heart attack? Half of the people that have a heart attack are doing what their doctor told them to do when they still have a heart attack. That means prevention in this country does not work. Well, it does work. It works with you, but people just need to find out how to get engaged with a personalized uh, prevention specialist. Unfortunately, we're out of time, and that wraps it up for the Colander Medical Radio Show on News Talk 760 WJR, sponsored by Colander Medical. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cronin, and again, I want to thank Dr. Colander for talking to us about taking charge of our health, being proactive, avoiding heart attack, stroke, and more importantly, what you can do to halt or reverse the process of chronic degenerative disease. It's never too late to start. For more information on today's show or to learn more about how you can engage with a personal primary care concierge practice, you can call Colander Medical directly at 866-COLANDER. Again, that's 866-K-O-L-E-N-D-E-R. We hope you enjoyed the show and that you become more aware of your options in preventing and reversing disease. Once again, you can reach out to Colander Medical at 866-COLANDER. Again, thank you for listening.